Well, happy Tuesday morning to everyone. So glad you joined me. Today is Tuesday, March 2nd. And look at the blue sky out there. If you're here in Salem, uh, it's nice to have the sunshine, isn't it? And uh, that it's getting light earlier and springtime is coming. I appreciate that so much in our spirits. We know that new life continues and we're so glad that we have the new life that we have in Jesus Christ. Amen. And uh, I want to tell you uh, about Epaphras, one of Paul's co-workers from Colossians chapter 4. Now, as you know, the last few days I've been walking through all of the different names of the people that Paul was working with. And, uh, you know, this is a past, this is a part of the passage that we typically kind of read through quickly and we don't, we don't really go back and ask who are these people. But you know what? There's a lot to be learned from uh, every single every single verse in the Bible. And if it's in the Bible, it's there for a reason. And so oftentimes it's discovering why is that verse there? Why is that name there? Why is that person there, etc. And so here we are in Colossians chapter 4, and Paul mentions this one man named Epaphras, verse 12. <clears throat> Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you, that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. I vouch for him that he is working hard for you and for those at Laodicea and Hierapolis. Three verses there. Uh, I'm sorry, two verses, 12 and 13, um, on this one man in a section where most people just get a mention. Epaphras gets two verses. Who is this guy? Um, let me just tell you who Epaphras is. He's a great leader. Epaphras is a great leader. Now turn one page back in the book of Colossians and look at chapter 1, verses uh, 6 and 7. It says, All over the world this gospel is bearing fruit and growing, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and understood God's grace and all its truth. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf, and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. So, Epaphras is the founder of the Colossian church. That's who he is. They heard the gospel from Epaphras. That's, that's the truth that Paul is telling us in verse 7. They heard the gospel. They learned it from Epaphras. Now, we don't know when Epaphras became a Christian. We don't know when he got converted. It could have been uh, on Paul's third missionary journey. He kind of cruised through this area uh, fairly quickly. Maybe he made a stop there and uh, Epaphras heard the gospel, got saved, and then planted this church. It could be that per perhaps that Epaphras was in some other city um, and he'd heard Paul preach and then came back home, which he's from Colossae, we know, uh, from uh, verse 12 in chapter 4. He is one of you, so he's from Colossae. Uh, so wherever, wherever Epaphras was converted, he came back and he planted a church. And uh, by the way, uh, not just a church in Colossae, because look at verse 13. When Paul says, I vouch for him that he is working hard for you and for those at Laodicea and Hierapolis. 
Now, those are two other cities right in the same region. So there are three cities, Colossae, Laodicea, and Hierapolis, kind of a tri-cities area in what was known as the Lycus Valley there in what is now modern-day Turkey. It was Asia Minor. It's Asia Minor, and now it's modern-day Turkey. So maybe Epaphras is pastoring three churches, right? At least he's working hard in those other areas as well as in Colossae, as Paul says here. So these are words on a page, but these words on a page tell a great big story of a great man named Epaphras, who was a great leader. And in fact, he was a church planter. Now, being a, being a church planter takes a very special person um, because you have to be an evangelist, um, you have to be a good organizer, you have to love people and be patient with people and full of grace, but at the same time have the kind of energy that it takes to, to encourage and motivate and stimulate people to, uh, to work hard together. And of course, it takes lots and lots of faith, right? Because you start from nothing or from very little and you grow a church. Uh, in fact, now in our denomination, if you want to be a church planter, you have to go through training. You have to go through uh, a battery of tests to make sure you have the right personality, etc. And uh, they take it very seriously. If you say, hey, I want to plant a church with a North American Baptist denomination, uh, it's a big thing. You can't just, uh, not just anyone can walk in and do it. Uh, the leaders of our denomination have decided that we're going to be very careful about who we let plant a church because it takes a very special person. And apparently Epaphras was that kind of a person, a great leader, a, good, a great church planter. Secondly, we see here, Paul says in verse 12, Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus. I love the word servant there. Um, I think that's very important that Paul uses the word servant. Um, doulos, um, uh, almost as a slave, right? And so uh, Epaphras is a servant leader. He's a great leader, as I've already mentioned, but he's a servant leader. Uh, and just as he served Christ, he would have served like Christ. So let's just read the Philippians 2 passage on servant uh, on servanthood. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Here it is, Philippians 2. Verse 5, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped or held onto, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Uh, so that's, that's servanthood. Uh, uh, in its fullest, modeled to us by Jesus. And of course, here's uh, Epaphras being a servant of Christ and we'll say a servant like Christ as well. It's interesting now that uh, leaders and companies in our culture have taken on this idea of servant leadership. Lots of different companies are paying big money to have uh, leadership organizations come in and teach their people teach their people how to be servant leaders, right? And they have books and they have videos and, and all of that. And well, it started with Jesus. Just, just do what Jesus did. Um, serve other people. Be willing to slow down, 
help others, serve others, um, cater to others. And in that process, uh, they'll discover our love that we have from God. And then we can lead and go and build. But it starts with servant leadership. So that's what Epaphras was. And then thirdly, we notice that he was a prayer warrior. Look what it says here in verse uh, 12 also. He is always wrestling in prayer for you. He is always wrestling in prayer for you. Now, it's, uh, and there's three things that he's praying. He's praying that you may stand firm in all the will of God, number one, that you would be mature, number two, and fully assured, number three. So these are great things to pray for other people, especially as a pastor. Now, it's super important for every single person, every single Christian to pray every single day. As you know, I say that all the time. Get on your knees every morning and pray. Um, but, it's, but it's especially important for a pastor to pray. And if a pastor doesn't pray, then he really doesn't have any business being a pastor. Um, if a pastor doesn't pray, then he should find other work. Um, and here we see Epaphras, as a pastor of the Colossian church, is a prayer warrior. One of the main things that a pastor should pray for is the people. Just like that, the people in his congregation. He should pray regularly, and that's what Paul says Epaphras is doing. He's praying that they would stand firm in the will of God, that is, that they would obey God, right? Number two, that they would be mature, and I'll, I'll take that to mean mature in their understanding of His Word. Uh, and then number three, fully assured, and I'll take that to mean in their salvation. Fully assured in the salvation, because when we're fully assured in our salvation, then we are then, by implication, fully assured in the rest of the areas of our lives. One of the disciplines that I uh, strive to keep every week is to pray every week for every person in our church and uh, by name. And I do one-fifth each day of the week, each Monday through Friday. I'll take one, one 20% of, of the list of the members and attenders of our church, and I pray for them. And then Tuesday, the next 20% and so forth throughout the week. So by the end of the week, I've prayed for everyone, every one of you, if you're a member of our church, um, by name, and not long. I don't pray long, uh, you know, uh, five or ten minutes for every person, but I pray uh, briefly for every person by name and ask God to bless them. And uh, very important, I think. And, uh, and the enemy doesn't want me to do that. The enemy makes me tired, and the enemy says, don't do it, and you've got other things to do, and put it down, and go on to the next thing. But instead... Just commit to it. Be a prayer warrior. Well, you have your things to pray for, and, and I'm telling you about the things I'm praying for. Let's all be prayer warriors. And then lastly, Paul says that Epaphras is a hard worker. Verse uh, 13, I vouch for him that he is working hard for you and for those at Laodicea and Hierapolis. Um, uh, Paul loved to talk about hard work. He did it often. Paul preached hard work, work ethic. Uh, in fact, you can just turn, actually on the same page here in the book of Colossians, you can recall, recall verse chapter 3, verse 23, where Paul says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. Our hard work is not 
for our own pride. Our hard work is for the Lord. Here's another scripture, Galatians 6, uh, 6, 9. Just a few pages back in your Bible. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. If we do not give up. That's just hard work for the Lord. And then I'll give you one more. Proverbs. In Proverbs, there's lots of hard work verses in Proverbs. Proverbs 14.23 says it like this, All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. So Epaphras modeled this. He was a hard worker. And uh, we're going to be hard workers today. Uh, this is a great day to, to be a hard worker. It's beautiful, sunshiny day out. And uh, we've started off with the Lord looking at His Word uh, and so certainly this can be a day that we invest ourselves well. Well, here's Epaphras. He was a church planter. He was a servant leader. He was a prayer warrior, and he was a hard worker, all from two verses. Isn't this great? The Bible teaches us so much in every single verse. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would give us these graces today that you gave to Epaphras, uh, that you would help us uh, to be dedicated to you today, to thank you for all that you've given to us in our salvation and then to take that sense of thankfulness and to work it out, Lord. Work out our own salvation and be hard workers and, and uh, servant leaders and prayer warriors, etc. God, uh, we thank you for this model and this example and all for Jesus, Lord, that all we would do would be in glory uh, to you, God, and to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen. I love you all. Enjoy the sunshine. And we'll see you tomorrow morning. Bye.